Welcome to From Realms of Glory, a Christmas audio series tracing promises about the coming of the Messiah until his arrival in Bethlehem of Judea. I'm Dr. J.J. Routley, Professor of Bible and Theology at Emmaus Bible College in Dubuque, Iowa. It's December 23rd. Today, we'll be looking at Jesus' flight down to Egypt to escape from Herod's wrath. Yesterday, we looked at the visit of the Magi to Jerusalem and eventually to Bethlehem to worship the Christ child and shower him with gifts. The final verse from yesterday's section revealed that the Magi were prevented by the Lord from returning to Herod by a warning through a dream, and so they returned to their country by another route. In the verses that follow, we read of the rage and wrath of King Herod. Let's look first at Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. As the Lord had warned the Magi, so now he warned Joseph to take Mary and Jesus and run for their very lives. Not much is said about Joseph, the human father of Jesus, though not biologically, of course. Joseph is entrusted by God, with the care of Jesus and his mother. He is not mentioned other than in reference during the later public ministry of Jesus, and many believe Joseph would have died sometime prior to the events of Jesus' ministry. But here Joseph acts in obedience to the Lord, receiving the angel's message, believing the word of the Lord, and traveling by night down to Egypt. Amazingly, Jesus' departure to Egypt mirrors the history of Israel. Back in the book of Genesis, the Lord led the family of Jacob into Egypt to preserve them from the famine and make them into a great nation there. However, they were also enslaved by the Egyptians at that time. Now, eventually, God acted in power to bring Israel out of Egypt and slavery and carry them on eagles' wings through the wilderness to the land of Canaan. Matthew cites Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1 as ultimately being fulfilled in Jesus. Hosea 11.1 says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. How should we understand Matthew's use of this verse? Jesus is the perfect Israelite, the true Israel, the seed of Abraham, the descendant of David. What is true of Israel historically as a nation becomes true of Jesus personally here in his earthly life. He was loved and protected by God in his childhood, and God preserved him while in Egypt and then delivered him up out of Egypt and back into the land of Israel. Matthew frequently presents Jesus' personal experience as reflective of Israel's history in a number of ways in his gospel. Now, verses 16 through 18, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children, 
she refused to be comforted because they are no more. In his wrath, Herod has all the male children in and around Bethlehem killed. We are given the detail that it was any children two years old or under. Now this relates to the time that the Magi saw the star appear that led them to Jesus, which they had recounted to Herod earlier in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew is quick to tell us that this event also fulfills prophecy, this time from Jeremiah 31 and verse 15. Now back in Genesis 35, 19, the text of Scripture indicates there Rachel's tomb would have been located near Bethlehem. Bible commentator F.F. Bruce speaks of Rachel as the mother of the nation of Israel in the same sense that Jacob was their father. And so she would have been sympathetic, he says, in all her children's misfortunes. Now verses 19 through 23, But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. He went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Herod the Great dies, perhaps around 4 BC, and an angel appears to Joseph once again and tells him to take the family back to Israel. Joseph obeys. However, instead of settling again in Judea, Joseph brings the family to Galilee. And the reason given is that Archelaus, the son of Herod the Great, is reigning in place of his father. Archelaus was responsible, according to the first century Jewish historian Josephus, for the deaths of some 3,000 Jews in the temple area around the Passover of 4 BC. He demonstrated a ruthlessness that matched, if not exceeded, that of his father. Joseph is warned again in a dream not to live in Judea and so instead goes to Galilee and lives again in Nazareth. The prophets spoke of the Messiah as a sprout, netzer in the Hebrew language, and a branch, semach, in a number of passages like Isaiah 11 and in Jeremiah. And so it may be that these prophecies are in view here that he would be called a Nazarene, connecting the Hebrew word Netzer with Nazareth. However, someone from Nazareth was also viewed as despicable or deplorable, which is evidenced by use of the phrase, can anything good come from Nazareth, as we see in the Gospels. This may indicate that the Messiah was spoken of as one despised and rejected by men, like in Isaiah chapter 53. In this section of Matthew's Gospel, we can see the Lord providentially orchestrating the early events of the life of Christ to protect the child Jesus and preserve him safe from those who were seeking his life. The Lord had a plan for his son, that he would live a sinless life, and on the cross of Calvary, that he would suffer and die on behalf of his people. The story of Christmas is the story of God's plan coming to fruition and being accomplished detail by detail, prophecy by prophecy, in the life of his incarnate Son, the Lord Jesus. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of From Realms of Glory, a Christmas podcast. For more information about Emmaus Bible College, please visit Emmaus.edu. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve, and so we will look at New Testament statements in the letters of the apostles about the importance of the coming of Christ. Don't forget to leave us a strong review wherever you listen to podcasts and share this podcast with friends and family members. 